Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. God's plan for sex. Do not allow Satan to convince you to believe that because of that, that God is done with you. Are you with me? Do not allow Satan to whisper in your ear and then believe the lie that because you deviated from God's plan that now God is done with you, that he can't use you, and that you're always going to have that blemish on your spiritual record. Because that is a lie from Satan. The truth is, as scripture says, that when we confess our sins to Jesus, he is faithful to forgive us of our sin. The scripture says that the son or daughter of Jesus, the son or daughter of God, that our sins in his eyes have been cast as far as the east is from the west. Listen, our God is a healer. He is a redeemer. He is the master of taking broken pieces of our lives, putting them back together and causing all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes, according to Romans chapter 8. So if you've deviated, listen, does that mean you get past? Does that mean you should continue to abuse God's grace? Absolutely not. It means, though, that God is gracious and he is still willing to work in you and through your life, and he wants to use you for his purposes. But it does require you and I to surrender our lives to his plans, to his purposes. I like the way Craig Rochelle describes it. He says that we have a challenge in our culture today. And the challenge is this, it's that when we talk about the pursuit, there is so much emphasis on the physical end of it that we forget often about the emotional and spiritual side. Listen, the world will never talk to you about the emotional and spiritual implications of sex outside of marriage. The world will never talk to you about the emotional and spiritual side, the implications of a pornography addiction. Listen, there's so much to it. It's unbelievable. I'm going to save it for next week. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So here's what we're going to do the rest of our time together today. Let's answer three questions. Number one, if you're not married, what are the qualities you want to build within yourself to attract the right kind of person? It's an important question to answer. Number two, what are the right qualities you want to be attracted to in another person that could potentially be your spouse? Three, if you are married, what are the qualities you want to continue to build in order to further strengthen your relationship? Listen, just because you've been married for years doesn't mean there isn't still work to do. Until you breathe your last breath, you have not arrived. There's still work to do. So let's look to Solomon and let's look to the Shulamite woman here and let's learn about some qualities that we are to develop in ourselves and also to be looking for in the person we're thinking about pursuing or in our spouse whom we should still be pursuing. Number one, godly character. You want to look for and develop the quality of godly character. Let's look at what the scriptures say here. Song of Solomon chapter one, verses two through three. The Shulamite woman says here about Solomon, she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. When me and Lauren went through premarital counseling, Lauren had to memorize that portion of scripture. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. It's okay, folks. You can have fun with it, all right? 
all right? We can have a good time with scripture. For your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name, say your name. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you or are attracted to you. What does all this mean? What does all this mean? To appreciate it, we have to kind of unpack some of the cultural symbolism that's going on here. This perfume, this cologne that the woman is talking about would have been very rare and it would have been very expensive, rare oil. What was even more rare during this time was the ability to take a bath. These folks didn't have running water like you and I had. Uh, Taking a bath just was a luxury. It wasn't readily available. And so this purified oil, this perfume, this cologne would have been applied to make one more presentable going out into public. But when it was smelled, it would have told someone that what you were wearing was valuable and that it was costly. And so she compares Solomon's name to this cologne, to this perfume. And basically she's saying here, hey, you have a good name in the community. What she's saying here is you have a good reputation. You have good character. And she says, no wonder the other women are attracted to you. No wonder the other women are interested in you. Your name is good. Your character is solid. Solomon had pursued godly character. The woman here is also pursuing godly character. Andy Stanley says, if you're looking for someone to date, become the person who you're looking for is looking for. And that's what we see here going on between Solomon and the Shulamite woman. I don't know who it is here in this service today, but there is someone that you're looking for that special someone. You're ready for God to send you that someone. You are looking for them. You are ready to pursue them. You're in what we might would call a waiting season. Here's what I want you to know. Sometimes we get frustrated in waiting seasons, but waiting seasons should never be wasted seasons because waiting seasons are often preparation seasons. And in the season that you're in right now, I can't help but believe that God is preparing you spiritually, that he is doing a work in you where you can put down deeper spiritual roots in Christ so that you can become the person that you're looking for is looking for. You might be ready for that perfect someone right now, but God, but God, but God may be in the process of trying to heal you from some past hurts. Maybe you had a marriage that didn't go well. Maybe someone betrayed you. And in this season, God is teaching you a new way. He is teaching you how to walk according to his word. He is helping you to forgive. And your soul is starting to heal. Don't waste the waiting season. Lean into Christ and let him work in you and let him work on you. One of the things, and I get when I say this, some of you are going to say, well, easy for you to say. You've been with the love of your life for 21 years. Listen, I see people's relationships go south sometimes, and then they're broken, and then they're hurt, and they're fragile, and because all of a sudden they're used to either having a male nearby or a female nearby, all of a sudden they're immediately searching for the next person. Listen, lean into Jesus Christ. And let him fill that gap, that void in your life that only he can fill, that no other man or woman can fill. Number two, not only do we want to look for or pursue godly character, we also want to look for and develop a growing trust. 
Solomon and the Shulamite woman here, as we continue to read their love story, we see a growing trust taking place between them. They're moving past the puppy love. They've been dating for a bit, and now they're becoming vulnerable with one another. They're they're getting to know each other. They're open up about their insecurities and their fears. Look at what the woman says to Solomon. She says, dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. What in the world is she talking about? What she is saying here is, my skin is dark, I'm really tan. When you break it down, that's what she's saying here. My skin is dark, and I'm really tan. Now, it's important to make some connections and some differentiations today. In our culture, being really tan is often thought of as attractive. Uh, We fake bake, we spray tan, people do all kinds of things to get their tan on. In this culture, though, that we're reading about here, a light-skinned woman was considered to be more beautiful. Why is that? Because if a woman was dark and tanned, it meant that she was having to work in the fields. It meant that she was having to work in the vineyards, and therefore her skin had been abused by the sun. And so what we see here is this girlfriend, this bride-to-be of Solomon's, she's insecure about her skin. She's insecure about her appearances. And look what she goes on to say here. She says, do not stare at me because I am dark, because I am darkened by the sun. And then she gives some explanation to Solomon. She says, my mother's sons were angry with me and they made me take care of the vineyards. Therefore, I had to neglect my own vineyard. In other words, I had to neglect my own body in order to take care of the vineyards. Listen, at some point when you become attracted to someone, and you're spending time with them, at some point, you start to reach a place where you begin to open up and you begin to try and see, are we growing in our trust with one another? With one another? And one of the ways this most often happens first is through talking through physical insecurities. And then as the trust grows and develops, then emotional insecurities begin to come up and be talked about. I shared this story in first service. When me and Lauren were dating years ago, we were getting ready to go to our first prom. And when we were first dating, I was covered in acne. I mean, it just, man, it was rough. Um, And we were getting ready to go to our first prom. I was so insecure about my acne that I didn't even want to take prom pictures with Lauren. And I remember she could tell that I was kind of off, that my body language was funny. I remember her asking me, what's wrong? And I remember just being open, sharing some insecurities with her and said, well, I'm embarrassed, I'm uncomfortable at my acne, it's going to be in the pictures. And in that moment, she built on our trust. We didn't realize then that's what was going on, but she built on our trust. And she said to me, she said, I'm not worried about your acne. She was more consumed with that cologne I had on, if you catch my drift. (laughs) Fast forward years later, 20 years, two kids, some of you ladies, you will understand what I'm about to talk about here, but you have two kids, even one, two, three, four. Your body changes. Things move. Things shift. And not long ago, it's probably two, three years ago now, but one day Lauren was in the mirror and she was looking at herself and she said, and now, by the way, she gave me permission to share this, all right? But she said, man, after two kids, she said, I love our kids. She's like, but I've got these stretch marks on my stomach. She's like, don't they bother you? I remember saying to her, I said, I am more attracted to you now than I ever have been. 
Why is that? We've been through some stuff together. We've been, those, those stretch marks, man, those tell a war story. Like, that means we've been in the trenches with one another. They don't make me love her less. They make me love her more. She sacrificed herself to give our family two kids. What did we do in those moments? We grew in our trust with each other. We were vulnerable. Here we are years later, we're continuing to grow in our trust with each other, opening up about emotional insecurities and so on. Some of you have made comments to me over the last 12 months like, hey, we, we noticed you get a quiver in your voice more often. Uh, some of you said to me, hey, you, you cry more than you used to. Well, I'm allowing the onion to be peeled back a little bit and I'm growing in my trust with my bride and I'm growing in my trust with my church family. Number three, we also want to look for and develop higher standards. Higher standards. Folks, do not follow the standards of the world. God has a better way, a better way. Let's look at what the Shulamite woman says here. She's dialoguing with Solomon in chapter one, verse seven, and she says, tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Solomon was a shepherd. He says here, why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? Let's unpack that. She is letting Solomon know that she has higher standards. She is letting Solomon know that she is not like some of the other girls in the area. Why would she say, would I, why would I be like a veiled woman? What does that mean? The veiled women in her day were knowing for giving themselves to men for a price. And she's saying to Solomon, hey, I know your other shepherd friends have other veiled women that linger around them and they pay those women for favors. She's going, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't like that. She's saying, hey, I may be insecure that my skin is darker. I may have some struggles, but I still have standards. And she's letting Solomon know she has higher standards, different standards than some of the other women of her day. I'm gonna get more into this next week, but I do wanna say this. Ladies, set your standards high. Set your standards high. If you've been born again in Jesus Christ, you are a daughter of the king and you deserve the king's best. Set the bar high and do not lower it. There is too much on the line. The scriptures say that your life is but a vapor, a mist. You're here for just a little while and then you're gone. And that little while that God has put you here for is to glorify him with your life and to serve his purposes in your generation. And the last thing you need is to get wrapped up in a man that's not interested in pursuing the man, Jesus Christ, with you. Let me shift gears to the men for a moment. Men, set your standards high. Set your bar high. Pursue Jesus Be a man that's in the word. Be a man that prays. Be a man that gathers with other Christian men. Be a man that worships Jesus passionately. Be the man that Jesus called you to be. You're like, well, I don't know what that looks like. Read the gospels and look at Jesus and model Jesus. Read the New Testament letters and look at Paul's transformation and how Jesus began to uh, work and do things in his life. Paul was following so passionately after Christ that he confidently told some believers of his day, follow me as I follow Jesus. Look at Paul and try to imitate that. Men, listen, the world is a vicious place. Everywhere you scroll on your phone, there is some kind of clickbait out there trying to get you to go down some rabbit hole that is not for your benefit. We have some guys in our church that they're 
exploring the dating scene, if you will. I'm amazed at some of the stories I hear of what happens out in the world these days in the, in the dating world. But we have one guy that had met a girl through a site and they were going to go on a date. And pretty much to sum it up, she says back to him, can we just skip dinner and go right to your place? You know what I say to that man? Set your standard higher than that. Set your, star, your standard higher than that. Finally, number four, we want to look for and develop consistent encouragement. Consistent encouragement. Remember here that this woman, Solomon's girlfriend, his bride-to-be, that she's insecure about her skin. Remember that? Look at what Solomon says back to her in verse 9. He says, I liken you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. So like any man that's good with words... When his wife shares or his girlfriend shares some insecurities with him, he responds by calling her an adult female horse. (laughs) It seems to work here in Scripture. Guys, go home, try it. Let me know how it goes. Obviously, we need to unpack this a little bit. This horse would have been a white horse that he's talking about, a white horse that pulled Pharaoh's chariot. And it was thought of as the most highly esteemed animal in the kingdom. And so what he's saying is, hey, you think your skin looks terrible because it's dark, but I see you like a white horse. He's speaking love language of their day. He's saying, to me, you're the most prized and cherished possession in the kingdom. He's saying back to her, hey, listen, listen, babe. Listen, I love you exactly the way that you are. And what's the result here? Some encouragement happens between the two of them. Look at this, verses 15 through 16. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes are doves. How handsome you are, my beloved. I'm looking forward to following the love story of these two as we get into their uh, marriage phase next week and talk about from Scripture what great sex looks like. One of the things I love that God didn't leave out of this story, though, is eventually we see these two get into it. They go from being ooh and on over each other and how good they smell and talking about the lilies and stuff to having some disagreements. Literally, we see a moment in Scripture where Solomon comes home beating on the door and he's wanting some lovey love. And the bride's like, hey, I'm not in the mood. And then they have a fight. We're going to talk about that here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Let me leave you with these two questions today. Number one. Which of the four qualities do you need to improve within yourself to be more honoring to God? Which of the four qualities do you need to improve within yourself to be more honoring to God? Remember, if you're looking for someone to pursue, you're wanting to find that special someone, or you've been married for years and you're realizing, hey, I need to get back on pursuing my spouse. Remember, you want to become the person who you're looking for is looking for. Number two, if you're married, how are you cultivating and improving faithful attraction between you and your spouse? Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.